And we are back for series three of Transformation Stories from the award-winning Beltec Cafe. This series, we're talking innovation, commerce, emotive marketing, and career changes. We'll also dip into trends in fintech, digital health, retail, mobility, manufacturing, and speak to CEOs, CDOs, SMEs, and lots of other acronyms too. As always, you can expect gloriously unscripted discussions that shed an open and transparent light on the ebb and flow of our digital world. I'm Tizzy Philp, and welcome to the podcast. Welcome from our sunny rooftop terrace of our Valtec offices here in Portugal, Lisboa. We invited two digital leaders of two impressive wholesalers to talk about the way digital really transformed their business. So uh, let me introduce to you Ramon from Manitan and Eric from Banzo. So let's talk B2B. Hi guys, great to have you here. Uh, first of all, can you introduce yourself shortly and the company you work for? My name is uh, Erik Roon, Digital Transformation Director at Bansel. And maybe you don't know Bansel. However, we are... I do. Uh, <laughs> very good. Uh, we are uh, an international company. Uh, we operate under more than 100 different names. Uh, we are a more than 10 billion euros uh, company, distribution company. Uh, we sell what we call everyday essentials. That means all the stuff that people need like. in, yeah, like <laughs> this for instance. Uh, we, we sell mostly to food um, services, to hospitals, to groceries, to retail and cleaning companies, etc. Worldwide active. Worldwide active, yes, indeed. Yeah. Impressive company, yeah. Banzel. <laughs> yeah, and only in Europe already 52 different companies, so okay. we're quite large. And you are responsible for? Digital transformation. Within Europe? Within continental Europe, indeed. Cool. Challenge, and you? So my name is Ramon Kok, um, I'm working for uh, Manutan and we are a European distributor uh, for uh, workplace solutions, we like to call it, so it uh, concerns uh, uh, products, uh, equipment, solutions for the workspace, be it office, be it uh, warehouses or industrial environments, um, and we operate on the European uh, base. And how many brands does Manitan uh, support? Yeah, so so mainly you know us uh, because of the Manitan brand, obviously. Uh, but we also have a couple of uh, specialist companies uh, like Rapid Wrecking, who are involved in uh, wrecking and shelving. Uh, Icaros, uh, who are in spill safety solutions. And we have uh, Kruisinga, who are specialising in internal transport. Just acquired, uh, right? Yeah, we well, just it's already three years ago. Okay, right. right. So, uh, so yeah, I'm heading up the um, the enterprise division, as we call it. That's uh, that's the largest uh, division of the group, and uh, again, mainly known uh, because of the brand name uh, Manutan, and it equates uh, for about seventy percent of the group uh, turnover, and the only true European division that we have. So, in about twenty countries. Impressive companies, then. So, in in wholesale distribution, digital digital hasn't really impacted the business, right? 
<laughs> Not oh, <yeah>. at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Maybe. It has. Can yes. you zoom into that, uh, Eric? Yeah. If I look at distribution, a distribution company has uh, three main roles. One is logistics. Uh, the second one is information, local information. And the third one is services. Now, with digital, with the transparency that has come into the market, it changes how you bring over information and also has impact on logistics. Meaning, as a distribution company, you have to add more value. So it has had a huge impact on distribution, for sure. And at Manuton? Yeah, well, traditionally, Manuton is a catalog business. I remember, yeah, 10 kilograms. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it literally started from a garage, as you know, many stories, uh, you know, about those type of models. And it was quite revolutionary, you know, 50-something years ago. Um, but what digital, obviously, yeah, like Eric has just said, has brought is uh, a lot of new entrants uh, in the market. Um, and yet transparency, uh, which is, of course, very good yeah, for the market and for customers. But it also dictated that we uh, really needed to, uh, to do things very differently. Yeah, and within the distribution, is digital uh, mainly providing more opportunities or also lots of risks? How do you see that, Eric? Uh, both, of course. If you don't react, then it brings risks. Yeah. But the risk is an opportunity that you spotted too late. Yeah. So if you see what digital can mean for you to service your customer in a better way, yeah, then, then it opens new opportunities. And it, it changes things for the customer. So the transparency is good, but suddenly the customer has so much information, he cannot compare anymore. He, he cannot put it all in context. So there is another role that you can play within that information, within that transparency. And that's the role that we all have to figure out for ourselves. But yeah, you're already in digital for, I, I remember you mentioning 25 years. 25 years indeed. You can't see anything of that. Uh, <laughs> and still smiling. Um, are, are, how far are we now in this, in this uh, impact of digital? Are we just halfway or are we already there? That's difficult to say because we don't know what the future will bring. But if I look back throughout my career, the first maybe 10 years, uh, digital transformation was mostly inside. It was doing what you promised to the customer. So having your uh, internal processes digitized, having control over it and bringing information inside out. So we wanted to offer self-service, but what was self-service? A web shop for everybody the same. Only the price could be different, but one, one uh, solution fits all. And then at a certain moment, uh, due to B2C, the expectations, expectations changed. So we as B2B distributors, we said we need to bring in that B2C flavor, that personalization, to then figure out like, no, that's not what our customer wants because a customer is process driven. So then we had to find out how do you do that? How do you personalize it knowing that the process of every customer is different? So let's say that the last 10 years was mostly about that. But then the last three years, something yeah, really changed uh, with, with the pandemics and then afterwards uh, supply chain crisis and, and now with uh, Ukraine, etc. So the market is changing so rapidly and suddenly we need to see how do we make our processes flexible. Whenever something changes, we need to change the processes to serve that customer. And we're still on monolithical systems, very rigid systems. So now suddenly we need to come to very flexible systems. And now we know that we're already using data, but let's be honest, data mostly for reporting, looking at the past. There's so many insights that we can use for the future. We're still in the beginning of that. So where are we on the journey? 
maybe only 5%. A lot will change in the future, but I don't know what exactly is going to happen. But explain to me, within Bunzel, I think you've got 52 or so companies within Europe only, yeah. many different brands, many different target groups, and still you are responsible for this digital transformation. Yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Most of all, it's not me doing it. Uh, I, I help our 52 different companies and they're all at a different maturity level, but they're all working in a different market with different market needs. And what we need to help them with is how do you listen to your market? How do you know what's really important for your customers? How can you adapt to that? And then mostly what do you need to change internally to support uh, the, the, the services to your customer and then make a plan for that. And uh, next to that, when somebody does something cool that could also work in another market, then we need to bring the learnings from one company to the other so they start to work together and copy from each other. And that's how we try to bring in acceleration. And we see a clear acceleration, but for us, we need to do it locally. That's the only way that works for us to adapt rapidly. So you can also look at it if you have 52 experiments within the market and you yeah. can you are able to spot which one is working best and then copy it and disperse it over the rest of the organization yes indeed i try to be the spider in the web so for me like i'm like a boy in a candy store <laughs> i see all the digital projects going on i i have the, the liberty to ask questions to challenge them of course i need to help them when they run into problems i facilitate them i give workshops etc but most of all I try to help them by bringing them in contact with each other and let the group do the work. So we, we are setting up like a movement, a community, and that's the only way to make it really scalable for how us. Do you, how do you do that within Manitoba? Because that's a bit more centralized, right? Well, um, yes and no. Um, I think the starting point, if you compare to Bunzel, is a very different one. If you look at uh, you know, the, the market that we serve, we are much more of a generalist in terms of our value proposition. And uh, yeah, we were doing a lot of things in each and every market uh, uh, in isolation. Um, so for us, it was much more an opportunity to, uh, to join forces where that made sense. Um, and central in Manuton doesn't mean sitting, uh, you know, at group headquarters in some ivory tower or anything. So we really embrace kind of a hybrid model in that sense, uh, whereby the, I would, I would call it the shared uh, functions, um, they sit in the different markets, uh, but they are orchestrated in a central way. But at the same time, we have very close to the uh, final local customer, also the local marketing teams. So it's really a hybrid, uh, but it didn't make sense for us anymore to do the same thing in each and every operating company mm. all over again, you know, without uh, yeah, trying to find the best way of doing things. So I'm not sure whether it is completely different. I think at Bunzel, you know, there's a lot of entities uh, where um, they're serving a very specific uh, industry with a very specific uh, um, uh, value proposition. Uh, what we like to, uh, to say is that our local markets and the managing directors, they are the entrepreneurs you know, that yeah. you have at Bunzel. And, and they really need to be the bridge between the local customer and the things that we orchestrate at group level. So even if the assortment is more or less comparable within the different countries, local uh, organizations do have room for many, many customizations or market-specific uh, initiatives. Yeah, I always call it the 80-20 uh, rule. You know, 80% of, of what we do in a market uh, can, be, can be the same. 
Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, 20% can be localized, but even the 20% can know, make we a can difference. orchestrate at a central level to make sure that we yeah, keep an eye on what's going on. Because we see in a lot of countries that, uh, for example, local assortment uh, that has grown over the years uh, can actually be interesting for other markets. But if you don't track that, if you don't orchestrate that, it might be a lost opportunity. So we really try to work uh, together on this, uh, yeah, I call it hybrid model. Uh, let's talk a bit about data. Uh, I know mm -hmm. you both really love data to drive and to measure success. How do you do that at, at Manutan? Well, um, it's still a journey. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's be honest. That. Yeah. Um, so we're still trying to find our way uh, to, uh, towards uh, understanding uh, the customer better. Because it's like what you just uh, described, uh, Eric. Uh, it's, 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 it's really phases that we're going through. And now the next phase is to really understand the persona in our customer organization. Because you can imagine uh, that a lead buyer is a completely different uh, uh, persona with very different needs uh, than the local buyer or the, uh, the janitor or whomever in the customer organization who needs a product uh, today. So to really understand uh, what makes those personas tick and how can we best interact with them is one of the key elements that we're working on when it comes to, uh, to data. Now, the other thing is that uh, as Manuton, we are in the long tail um, procurement of products. It's highly irregular, a lot of the products that we sell. And what we want to do for customers is to make it much more predictable. Because uh, tell me a bit more about that, because I really love that business case. Yeah, so uh, typically uh, the products uh, that, uh, that our customers buy, they buy them uh, anywhere. Yeah, because uh, the market is so if is a, a large cu customer of yours active in 10 countries with 20 factories or officers exactly they buy there's stuff a lot of everywhere. what we call maverick spending yeah and yep. the beauty is and that's the added value we can bring to to customers and that's where also the data driven part uh, comes into play is that we can analyze for customers okay what are you buying give us the data we will crunch it and then we can come up with uh, you know a good recommendation uh, how you can rationalize uh, the products that you buy, the suppliers that you work with, your logistical flows, your administrative flows. Uh, there's a lot of waste, you know, because the products itself are typically not so sexy or, or uh, interesting, but below the waterline there's really a lot of, uh, a lot of waste that, uh, that, that can be cut out. And significant uh, uh, reduction in costs and efforts, right? If you're a big company. That and yeah. increase of internal customer satisfaction as well, because you can imagine if you, if you buy everywhere and you need to manage all these suppliers, then there's hardly any time to talk about quality and failure and those type of things. Yeah. So that's also what we try to uh, preach, is that uh, you know, uh, the more you try to rationalize uh, with uh, a few suppliers instead of hundreds or thousands, yeah, the better you can also uh, create your customer satisfaction. Nice, nice. And within Banzel, do you also use data to compare all these different initiatives through all these uh, 
companies? Yeah. Um, for us, you have to know we are in six different segments and within segments we can compare. If you go to another segment like Horeca or Leisure, yeah. works totally different than how hospitals work, for instance. So uh, we can compare, but then within the segment. Uh, but for us, what's now very important, we use data mostly internally to measure what we were doing, to, to monitor our SLAs to our customers and to give our sales and marketing people leads, information that they could act upon. We want to take the step now to also generate data and insights for our customers yeah. that they can use for their decisions. And that's our next step. We don't know yet how much the synergies will be there between different customers. We will figure it out along the way, but we think if you generate insights for, for instance, a, um, a cleaning company, and that they see like it starts to rain, there's this impact on the usage of, of, of paper, etc. that also that information could be important um, for, for other kind of similar kind of companies. Yeah. So we think there is a scalability there, but before we can do it, that means that we need to bring our data platform on a higher level and you need other skills. So not reporting, but looking for the hidden insights. So we are in that journey at this moment. And I think we're going exactly through the same journey yeah. there. Yeah, we also see that in industrial manufacturing that, that adding services to your products, uh, servitization is a super important topic. So yeah. also in wholesale distribution, this is getting growing more and more important. Yeah. Do you have other examples of services you, you supply through digital that really are generating value? Yeah, there are many different uh, um, possibilities there. But for instance, let's go to the cleaning companies again. In the past, we would sell cleaning products and then people would use the cleaning products, maybe not always in the right way, but they ju would just use it. What we now build is a platform for the, the people who do the cleaning, where they've got all the processes, like this room you have to do once a day, this room you have to do once a week. These are the different steps, these are the products, if you don't know it, this is the procedure, how to clean it. And then when something changes, we can immediately change the processes behind it. When it starts to rain, you can then influence it. And it can give feedback, like, hey, this so Real-time coaching of people using yes. your stuff. Yeah. yeah, and that's an example, but we see similar ones. If uh, hotel chains, they want to know from us if we see discrepancies in usage of certain products in one hotel versus another hotel. Yeah. And it's not that people steal the products, but maybe the, the small shampoos that you find in the hotel room, some say like, hey, it's still full, I'm gonna reuse it. Other ones say, no, every time we throw it away. Mm. Those kind of insights, people want to know and then they can act upon it. This is the real value of, uh, of, of data and bring it to a new service level. In the future, we will not be just a distributor of products anymore. We need to come with a full solution and that, that's what we need to find out how to do that in the best way. But gathering this data, I th how many ERP systems did you mention you have? In Europe, we've got 34 <laughs> of them. Yeah, that's and a hell. All yeah. data is structured in a, in a custom yeah, way. Everybody has his own taxonomy, so we need to bring it together. So again, you need to find the balance between yeah. what do you do locally, because you can react very fast, versus what insights do you want to generate over different companies. And yeah. Yeah, you need to find a balance. And if you look at the other wholesalers and distributors who are just uh, entering this journey, you're already, well, let's say halfway or uh, have made a lot of progress. What would be your best tips to them? How to start? Yeah. Do you have some tips? I would say don't look at technology. Technology comes at the end. It starts with culture, it starts with skills. So first, listen to your market, what you really need to do, where can you make an impact? 
do you have the culture for that, the people for that? Is the awareness there? Because internally you need to change. If you forget that, then you've got a huge change uh, management afterwards, and you don't want that. So first work on, on the culture, then know what you want to do. Do you have the skills to do it internally, or do you need external people to build it? And then you come in with, uh, with technology. And I think it's very often that they turn it around. But, you need but to it's, implement it's something. easily said than done. I know you're, you're great at it, so but how do you do that within such a bonzo environment to really change culture? Uh, uh, you can't f enforce it. Yeah. It has to start off. Yes. Indeed. How do you fuel that? Yeah. We, we uh, start at two different points. We always start with the local MDs. If they are not convinced, then it will not happen. And how you do that, talking about what you see in the markets. Um, similar markets, like, hey, do you see this changing? What could be the effect on your market? So they start to think. And at a certain moment- They think moment, in opportunities instead they think of in threat. Opportunities. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got entrepreneurs. That's what makes Bonsal so, uh, so powerful. We've got all local entrepreneurs who want to drive their business. So they see things changing, but they don't always know how to deal with it. So the moment they are open, then you go internally and you look for champions. You look who already have that DNA. You give them some room and they are your examples. And then you start with sales. Everybody that has contact with your customers, external sales, internal sales, never tell them what they need to change. Talk to them, give them examples, let them dream. And the moment when they say like, hey, I got a good idea, work on that. And the moment that is success, then another one will come with a similar idea. And then you work on that and you create a movement. And that's the only way that I know how to make it in a scalable way. If in digital transformation you tell the people what to do, they will find 100 reasons why not to do it. So. Do you recognize that, Roman? No, yeah, it sounds strange, but I can only echo what you're <laughs> saying, uh, Eric. No, no, it's uh, it's very true, and I think uh, to uh, to have in our case, you know, the uh, the MDs on board is extremely important. But my recommendation would be a couple of things. First, uh, really understand what is needed for your company. In the market, listen to the customer, uh, because you, you said it. I think uh, it's it's not about tools, or it's really about um, building solutions for for your specific customer, and and that is what we do at Manutal. We continuously uh, listen to our customers uh, in each and every market. So for us, that means that um, yeah, when we when we know what customers want, and when we understand the trends in the market then it never comes as a surprise or it's not an opinion you know, of somebody in headquarters. It's, it's really a shared understanding of, uh, of how the market is evolving. And that for us works very well in conjunction with what you said, building a very strong culture that is really based on evolution uh, of our model. Um, so we have few egos in the company, if I may call it that. Uh, yeah, that sounds sounds a bit uh, well strange, maybe when I say that, but it's extremely important to to build a culture where everybody you know wants to be part of the it's a team effort. bigger picture. It's it is not, a team effort. Yeah, that's especially also what you and uh, and know. and we all embrace that roles of group, roles of operating companies they change, uh, but it needs to change. But we always need to find the right balance and uh, and add at the, the, the right value for the customer uh, in, in that balance. So for us, that is working uh, very well. Of course, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's something we built uh, very consciously over the, over the years. So looking at next year, do you have something exciting on your roadmaps? Just a small example or something to share with us? 
I won't tell anybody. I won't tell yeah. anybody. <laughs> now we've got we've got many things. Uh, again, what I already said, 52 different companies, all with their own roadmap, all with their own challenges. So we've got a lot of fun projects going on. But for us, what is very important is to look at how will that market continue to change. For instance, if you take the food market, uh, how we changed from going to a restaurant to bringing the restaurant into your home, takeaway. And it's a huge impact and we need to adapt to it. We adapted to it very well and that makes us powerful. But again, how is that, that balance going to be in the future? Same with retail, with uh, uh, everything that they bring at home now that they can bring within 15 minutes. So that market is changing. Hospitals, people not staying in a hospital anymore. They go to home care. care homes yeah, and then yeah. care at home. Next step. So how fast is it going to change? And our strength as Bonsal is we are always the first to anticipate. Every crisis is a huge opportunity. So how will we continue Never to what happens? Never waste a good crisis. Never waste a good crisis. Okay, and within Manuton. Yeah, for Manuton, uh, one of the key angles is really the circular topic. Uh, what we see in the market is that uh, customers really want to know you know how we as a partner can uh, can help them uh, to reduce their footprints so i'm not uh, not only talking about you know putting uh, products in our assortment with uh, green labels but really quantifying at the end of the day when you use a product what is the uh, reduction of impact uh, on no. the footprint of the customer and the whole industry is still at the infancy uh, level it's yep. a very complex uh, topic but we have said we really want to play a big role there. Um, and there's maybe something also to uh, join up uh, on, on the topic. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, again, we see that uh, for the customer, this is really uh, emerging. Yeah, that topic combined with digital must also provide opportunities, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially also with I the yeah. one-time use on of the products you serve. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. We, we mostly sell consumables, so one-time use products. I can fully echo on you what you're saying. The three main elements for us at this moment are people, finding the right people, keeping, developing the, your people, etc. So people is core. Second thing is digitization. Third thing is sustainability. And not only in the products. We, we are a front runner in, in going to more sustainable products, but how do you measure the footprint of whatever you do? Yeah. And not only us, but also our suppliers in the Far East. Uh, auditing them, making sure that they do things according to what we set as standards, but also for our customers. So if you can combine those three elements, then you can make a huge impact. Yeah. And that, I think for distribution, that's where we need to play an important role. Absolutely. So I think if, you go, if, you, if I invite you guys for next year to go to the Web Summit, where we are going after this interview, uh, probably a lot has happened uh, then to talk about, right? Absolutely. So uh, I already invite you for a next talk in a year. So thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very we'll much. Yeah, <laughs> great. Thank you very much. subscribe and keep up to date with all of the episodes in this series and a whole host of insights from the Valtech Cafe back catalogue. And if you'd like more information about what we do or to get in touch, why not visit us at valtech.com to find out the details. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>